slow, but it's a series. We just do what the Lord says. But we started last week talking about spiritual warfare. I believe that it is a time where the saints need to press in and understand what spiritual warfare really is. I believe the Lord is leading us in that direction. You are living in the end times, and you are going to have to know how to stand on the word. And the, the wonderful, beautiful thing is, is that he has given you everything you need, everything you need to stand. Um, we are the church, the ecclesia. The ecclesia is the church, and we are the governing body, the intended governing body of the Lord here on this earth. Um, each of us was born for such a time as this. Don't think that you don't have what it takes. We are meant to stop and destroy every demonic attack against the kingdom of God. We're going to be a little forceful today, maybe a little different than what, what uh, we're used to, but we have been given spiritual weapons, and we need to know how to employ those spiritual weapons. We have been given weapons of prayer and worship and decreeing the word, speaking the word, the word itself, communing with our Father. We have the Holy Spirit. If you're a born-again believer, you have the Holy Spirit dwelling in you so that you can know the wisdom of God for every single situation no questions asked. So, I want to go first to three scriptures that basically will reassure you that you have what you need to fight the fight. Okay, John 15, 26. When the advocate comes... Whom, okay, this is Jesus talking. All these first scriptures today, it's Jesus talking to you personally. When the advocate comes, whom I will send to you from the Father, the Spirit of truth, that's the Holy Spirit, the advocate, the counselor, the comforter, the Spirit of truth who goes out from my Father, he will testify about me. So it's just like having Jesus with you. Okay? He will testify about me. And you also must testify. Did you hear that? You have, you have a commission. You have a mission. You also must testify, <coughs> for you have been with me from the beginning. Isn't that interesting? See, this is Jesus. He's talking to the disciples. But are you a, if you're a born-again believer, you're a disciple. Okay? And it says, for you have been with me from the beginning. So every born-again believer has the testimony of Jesus. You have the indwelling power of the Holy Spirit. You walk around with the indwelling power of the Holy Spirit. And you are meant to be in agreement with the Word, meant to be in agreement with the Holy Spirit, meant to be in agreement with Jesus, and the what does the Holy Spirit testify of? Who does the Holy Spirit testify of? Jesus. So if you have the you have the Holy Spirit, you are the testimony of Jesus to the world. Wow, you are life. You are the love of the Lord. You understand that? You are life. Okay, John sixteen. Uh, I'm reading all these first ones out of the NIV. John 16, verse 1. All this I have told you so that you will not go astray. Does that comfort you? That should greatly comfort you. Because when things are chaotic in the world around us, we have an assurance that we do not need to go astray. Everything, he has given us everything we need not to go astray. All this I have told you so that you will not go astray. They will put you out of the synagogue. In fact, a time is coming 
when anyone who kills you will think he is offering a service to God. They will do such things, this is why, because they have not known the Father or me. So they unwisely think that a persecution of Christians, persecution of someone walking in the word of the Lord, a believer in Jesus, they unwisely think that that's a good thing. And honestly, what else would you expect from the world? Try to remember, you know, before you were born again. And, the, and then rejoice <laughs> in your new identity. I have told you this so that when the time comes, you will remember that I warned you. We don't have any excuses. We have all been warned. I did not tell you this at first because I was with you. Now I am going to him who sent me, yet none of you asked me, where are you going? Because I have said these things, you are filled with grief. But I tell you the truth. It is for, this is a very strange statement. It is for your good that I am going away. Can you imagine being a disciple when he said that, kind of what they were thinking? I'm sure they were thinking, well, how can this be good? You know, because they didn't know what was coming. Have you ever been in that situation in your own personal lives? You're like, well, how can this be good? Well, you see, God had a bigger blessing just around the corner, okay? It is for your good that I am going away, Unless I go away, the counselor will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. When he comes, he will convict the world. That's non-believers. He will convict the world of guilt in regard to sin and righteousness and judgment. So no one will have an excuse. You see that? Because the Holy Spirit convicts in the love of God. Right? He does not condemn, he convicts in the love of God. So none of us, I mean, this, this is a, a, a warning. None of us should be shocked at all. None of us should be caught off guard at all. None of us should be anxious or worried about anything going on in the world because we have a promise. We have a salvation. And Jesus warned his disciples, and the Holy Spirit today is with you and warns you, Okay? teaches you what you need to know, gives you the wisdom of the Lord. So Jesus sent the Holy Spirit to give us his wisdom for such a time as this. These times are not too big, they're not too dangerous, they're not too scary, they're not too fearful. We've been told about all of it. We have not been left as orphans. We have the Holy Spirit and we are the front line of the battle. If you are a born-again believer, it is time to battle. You are ready for battle. John 14, verse 12. I tell you the truth. Anyone who has faith in me will do what I have been doing. He will do even greater things than these. Hallelujah. You have been called to do greater things than Christ. He will do even greater things than these because I am going to the Father. And I will do whatever you ask in my name so that the Son may bring glory to the Father. Everything that you do, guided by the Holy Spirit, God intends to bring himself glory. Okay? You may ask me for anything in my name, and I will do it. Don't ever be ashamed of the blessing of God upon your life. It is meant to bring the Lord glory. Okay? It is meant to draw people unto him. So, why are we looking at these particular scriptures? It is so, we are looking at these scriptures, so that you will realize the power of the Holy Spirit, these, these words are from the very mouth of Jesus, the power of the Holy Spirit in you, in you, and the importance 
of the Holy Spirit as you fight the fight. Jesus says that he is leaving, and it's a good thing that he is leaving. I think that, you know, they had to catch them off guard. That's a very strange statement because they must be thinking at that point, well, what could be better than you being right here with us? We just get to talk all day. We get to go hand in hand. We get to see everything that you're doing. You know, if, if we get into a spot, <laughs> you can bail us out. You know, I'm sure that's what they were thinking. You know, Jesus, you are the direct, the exact image. You are the direct, exact manifestation of, the God, of God. How can, we, how can it get any better? You know, that's probably what they were thinking. And, and he's saying, well, the Holy Spirit's going to testify about him and that we must also testify about him. And, he's like, and you'd probably be thinking, well, how can it be any better if you're right here? You can testify and we can watch and then we can just mimic you, right? Well, guess what? You have the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit helps you testify of Jesus in your life, in your everyday life. And so Jesus said they were going to be persecuted, and that, and that um, non-believers, those who, who did not believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, would kill the Christians and think that they were serving God. They think that because they don't know Christ. They don't know the love of the Lord. And so when the Holy Spirit comes, it says he is going to convict the world. The Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, think about this. When you speak Holy Spirit-given words, you don't have to hit someone over the head. It's the Holy Spirit speaking through you that does the convicting, okay? So, anyway... So when the Holy Spirit's come, he, he convicts the world. So every believer, every believer through the Holy Spirit is going to do greater works than Jesus so that every believer may ask anything in the name of Jesus and see it manifested according to the word. So when, when he said, well, it's good that I go away, when it's good, why was it good? Why was it good that Jesus went away? Yeah, you know, until then, the veil hadn't been torn, had it? Right? Hello. Right? There was a separation, wasn't there? It wasn't the, you know, when, when in the garden, there was no separation originally. So when Jesus leaves, we get to be completely reunited with our Father. Hallelujah. We get to have everyday communion with our Father. Every moment, every moment of every day. I get to talk to the Lord just like my best friend. Hey, Lord, what do you think about this? Hey, Lord, what can I do about this? What do you want me to do about this? And he answers. He's faithful and true. So until Jesus went away, the veil hadn't been torn. But, hallelujah, when Jesus went back to the Father... The veil was torn, and that separation ended. You get to talk, walk around with the Holy Spirit all day long. You get to pray in tongues. You get to, you know, pray however. You get to worship. You get to be in communion with your Father. Wow. What better place? So when that happened, we received every spiritual blessing of Christ. Seated at the right hand of the Father with Christ. You see that? God doesn't see you any differently than he sees Jesus. Wow. So we now, because of this, we now, as believers, have the keys to the kingdom. We have the authority. He gave us the authority in the blessing of Christ, same inheritance as Christ. He gave same authority, same dominion. He gave us the authority to bind things on earth, and to loose things on earth. We are meant to be replicas of the kingdom, ushering forth the kingdom of God here on this earth. Okay? Matthew 16, verse 18. And I tell you that you are Peter, and on this rock, what was the rock? The rock was knowing Jesus as the Messiah. 
The rock was knowing the true son of the living God. We say living God. We say living God. Okay? That's your rock. I will build my church. Okay? The church, each one of you is the church. This group is the church, the ecclesia. Okay? You are the body. I will build my church, listen to this, and the gates of Hades will not overcome it. Will not. Now let me ask you this question. Is there anything that you're going through right now in your life that he will not help you overcome? You just stay in fellowship with him. He's got it. He's got it, girl. Right? (laughs) And the gates of Hades will not overcome it. I will give you, this is his church, the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Woo! That's exciting to me. Whatever you bind on earth, this is you, this is your responsibility, you know the word, you take it with authority and you use it, you decree it, you employ it. Whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Every blessing of God. I release every blessing of God upon you today. It is your right. It is your privilege. It is your inheritance. And it's really time to start understanding that, realizing it, and not allowing demonic forces not allowing the devil to talk you out of it. You stand and you stand and you stand on the word. You stand and you stand and you stand on the blessing of God because it is your right, your inheritance, your privilege. He fought for you. He fought for you. So Jesus showed us the kingdom of God as it was to be lived out. Okay? On this earth. On this earth. He showed it. He functioned on this earth as a human being listening to the Holy Spirit exactly the same as we do. But guess what? He could only be at one place at one time. Right? So when he went away, we get the Holy Spirit, and we all get to be with the Holy Spirit as a believer. You all get to be with the Holy Spirit all the time, every day, whatever you need, all the wisdom, all the comfort, everything. So see, that is better, right? We don't have to travel 500 miles to go see some prophet or some whatever. We have the indwelling Holy Spirit leading and guiding us with all the wisdom, all the counsel, all the comfort, all the power. So we can be in his presence all the time, anytime, and hear what he says about everything. That makes me feel safe, protected, guarded, powerful. And if he had not gone and sent the Holy Spirit, that would not be the case. So it's obvious, it's very obvious that Jesus is telling us that we need the Holy Spirit because otherwise he wouldn't have sent the Holy Spirit to engage in whatever he needs us to engage in here on this earth. He didn't give the Holy Spirit for nothing. Okay? And... He, we need the Holy Spirit to require, we need the Holy Spirit because we are required, as believers, we are required to advance the kingdom of God here. You are required to advance the kingdom. He said that believers would be persecuted and even killed, and we do not need to be concerned about that. We need to be concerned about seeing Jesus and walking Jesus, talking Jesus, right? So he gave us the Holy Spirit basically to fight the fight. And the Holy Spirit will convict the world of guilt, of sin, righteousness, judgment. The Holy Spirit will do that, okay? And good for the world. 
because then we all get to walk in the beautiful, God loves everybody no matter what, but then we get to embrace that love. Okay, there's no better place to be than being embraced by the love of God. So he gave us the weapons to fight, the authority, the authority to use those weapons and to discern, to discern evil spirits and to disable, disable, you are called, you personally are called to disable the battle strategies of the world and those influenced by demonic powers. That's a strong charge, but it is what you, it is that with which you are charged. You know, I, truly, in my spirit, I feel like there's sort of a time of weariness in people. How many, and I want you to be real honest here, I wasn't actually planning on going here, but how many of you honestly if you look back to maybe when you were first on fire for the Lord or whatever, how many of you feel that you have become somewhat weary? Yeah. I, I think there really is a feeling of weariness. You know, you think, oh, I've been fighting, I've been fighting, I've been fighting. Well, maybe that, that could be part of the problem. Because, you see, we don't fight. We don't do the fight. We fight with what the Lord has given us. We fight with the indwelling presence of God. Okay? He's always there. He's, he will never leave you or forsake you. And so we've become weary, and we don't want to just pick up the battering rams in our own strength. You don't have that strength. You know? In our weakness, it's his strength upon which we draw. It's his strength that comes in. You know, I feel like people in this church have really been under a deluge of attack. You know, and some preachers will say, well, if you're not doing anything good for the Lord, he doesn't have to attack you. Well, it's kind of true. But he's always looking to attack. The devil, the evil one, is always looking to attack. And so don't be ashamed if you're in a weary season, but take hope in who your God is. Take hope in his strength for you. Because really, honestly, you need to just, at that point, you need to just surrender and say, you know what, Lord, I cannot do this on my own. You never intended me to do this on my own. But he will come in and he will fill you up and he will renew your strength as the eagles. And I feel that this is a time, I don't even like that term, I feel. So you understand what I'm saying when I say that? I sense in my spirit that we are coming into a time he understands the weariness. He understands the struggle. He understands the onslaught from the world. And we are coming into a time where we are going to be seeing his strength like never before. His fight like never before. Okay, when I say his fight, you all understand that we all know that he already won it. Okay, so, you know, but human words sometimes are just totally inadequate to describe what the Lord has done. He already won everything, okay? But it is our challenge to walk in that victory. And I do believe um, he's predicted all these events that are happening. He's predicted Gog and Magog and all the other stuff, all right? We don't need to be worried about that. He will be our strength. Amen. He is your shelter. He is your fortress. He is your strength. So that's really what today's message is about because we are ready for the battle. So if you feel weary, fall back in the arms of the Lord and say, Lord, not in my strength, but I know in yours. And I will be a major 
force in this time because you created me each of you, I'm saying this like each of you is saying it to yourself. You created me for such a time as this. You have been created for such a time as this. So take hope, be encouraged. You are ready for the battle in Christ. All right, so we're going to do something really unusual today, and I don't want you to get bored when I repeat this scripture six times, okay? We are going to go through one scripture from six different translations. So don't get bored because every one of these translations has a different nuance. And we're going to do this because each, each different translation does sort of add something a little new and, and something different will register with each one of you. But it also, hearing and hearing and hearing the word builds encouragement in our spirits. Okay? So we are going to be talking about waging war. And I mentioned our weapons, right? I mentioned our weapons earlier, prayer, worship, um, communion with the Holy Spirit, the word, decreeing. You decree the word of God, right? Okay, we're going to 2 Corinthians 10, 3 through 6. And here's another thing I want you to really think about because as I studied this out, the last verse of these particular verses um, is very interesting, and we're going to talk about that toward the end. But typically, this passage is taught to individual Christians. It's like, Okay, this is what you are supposed to individually do. And that's true. You are supposed to individually do what this, you know, take heart of this scripture. But this is Paul writing to the Corinthians, right? And we know the Corinthian church had a lot of um, deceptive ideologies, um, false teachings, things like that. So he is also speaking to the church, the body. You have a place in the body. It is important that you come to church. It is important that you are part of the body. But as the ecclesia, we have a job in this world. As the ecclesia, you are meant, you are meant, you are created you are formed to be the governing body, not the body running scared. That's not who you were created to be. Not the body when a false doctrine comes along to say, oh, okay, um, I'll, I'll go think about that because you don't want to offend somebody. Jesus was entirely offensive at times because he wasn't going to compromise. And the church body is not meant to compromise. All right. So let's get started with that little background. 2 Corinthians 10.3. For though we live in the world, we do not wage war as the world does. See, that, that's what would weary us. The weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world, on the contrary, they have divine power. Divine power to demolish. Demolish. That means utterly destroy and annihilate. That's what that means. So when you pray... Don't sit there and think this is doing nothing. Know what your prayers are doing. Know what standing on the word is doing. Be confident in your hope. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. 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 See, nothing is going to be stronger than the word. 
we demolish arguments and every pretension. Okay, a pretension is a claim of something to be true or false. And in this case, what it's referring to, it would be a claim of fictitious appearance, basically. Okay, a pretension, something fictitious that doesn't line up with the word of God. A deception. The BSB translation there says a presumption. A presumption is a, is a, a, a blind or a headstrong confidence that's not rooted and grounded in the truth. It can be arrogance, it can be a supposition of a truth that has no proof, you know, something like that. That's what a presumption is. A falsehood um, with a wrong foundation. So, every pretension that sets itself, sets itself, it's not ordained by God, sets itself up against the knowledge of God, okay? The knowledge of God is the absolute truth. We have an absolute truth. There is an absolute truth in this world, beloved. There is an absolute truth that men cannot have babies. I mean, you know, think about it. There is an absolute truth. Whether people like, whether I like that there's an absolute truth, whether anyone likes that there's an absolute truth, we have the word of God, which is absolute in every situation, and if we would just read it, we'd all be okay. And we take captive every thought, so we process, we, we compare it to the word, every thought to make it obedient to Christ. That's your warfare. That's your warfare. You take a thought that's been presented to you and you judge it against the word. And only the word. Not your opinion, not somebody else's opinion. The opinion of God. That's where our plumb line is. And we want our thoughts to completely line up with God's thoughts. Because they're so much higher than ours. They're so much better. And there's so much blessing there. And we will be very interesting, we're going to read this six different times, we will be ready to punish. We will be ready to punish every act of disobedience once your obedience is complete. Okay, in the Aramaic, for even if we do walk in the flesh, in life, you know, we all are down here walking, but we don't want to be in the flesh. We walk in a world, but we don't have to be in the flesh. For even if we do walk in the flesh, on the other hand, we do not wage war according to the flesh. So we know a better way. We have a better way than warring the way the world wars. Warring with anger, Warring with unforgiveness, warring with resentment, warring with inflicting guilt, warring, you know, it never works. It won't ever work. We war with the love and power of God. The weapons of our warfare are not according to the flesh, but of the power of God. And by it, what's the it? The power of God. He's not going to tell you you can do something if he hasn't given it to you. He has given you his power. We subdue rebellious fortresses. You, beloved, as a believer, subdue rebellious fortresses. So a fortress is a stronghold or a place of defense. Does the enemy have any strongholds or a place of defense that he's tried to create in your life. God will help you subdue that. God will help you get rid of that. God will help you not fall prey to that. He will give you discernment. He will help you see and he will give you what it takes. Remember what we talked about last week about trials and temptations? Okay, so just add all that into this. 
<laughs> Subdue rebellious torches, and we pull down reasonings, those are thoughts and mindsets, and every high thing that is exalted against the knowledge of God. That would be the Holy Spirit truth, the word, the knowledge of God. And it says thought reasonings, those would be thoughts and mindsets, okay? So that would be any, in society even, any like systemic uh, ideology of evil, okay? And we take all minds, all minds prisoner. Think about that. So yes, you are required to keep your mind in line with the word, but you have a mission to impart the word of God so that others can benefit in that same way. Right? So that you can help them take captive to the obedience of the Messiah. But we are prepared to execute punishment of those who do not obey when your obedience is fulfilled. So, the Amplified Classic Edition, for though we walk, live in the flesh, we are not carrying on our warfare. So we do not carry on our warfare according to the flesh. So right here, it tells you, you are in a warfare. Don't be deceived. The very fact that you would go around and, and say, it's all butterflies, is a problem. Yes, Jesus won it all, but we have a job. And it says right here, you're carrying on warfare. According to the flesh and using mere human weapons. In the Amplified uh, 2015, it says the weapons of man. For the weapons of our warfare are not physical weapons of flesh and blood, but they are mighty before God. And in the Amplified 2015, it says divinely powerful how many of you want to have divinely powerful weapons? Yeah. Well, you, you have them. You have them. He's given them to you. The ones we mentioned before. <coughs> For the overthrow and destruction. No worries, beloved. These divinely Powerful weapons are intended for the overthrow and destruction of strongholds. Is this helping you? Amplified 15 there says fortresses. Inasmuch as we refute, refute means to disprove, to prove to be false, we refute arguments, and the Amplified 15 there says sophisticated arguments. So this is not just for the tiny stuff. It is for the tiny stuff. But in reality, nothing's tiny when it disagrees with the word, right? Sophisticated arguments and theories and reasonings and every proud and lofty, Amplified 15 says, exalted thing that sets itself up against the true knowledge of God. Okay, a demonic or a falsehood always wants to set itself up. It's, it's braggardly, it's arrogant, it can be sly, it can be cunning. But it, it is, it is not, it's not God exalting a thing, it sets itself up. Just like Lucifer tried to set himself up against God. Well, what happened to Lucifer? He was thrown down, and you have been given the ability to throw down. Okay? You've got the ability to do the throw down. Okay. In the Lord. Sets itself up against the true knowledge of God, and we lead, we, you, individually, and as the ecclesia, we lead every thought and purpose away captive into the obedience of Christ. Wow. So if we just stay obedient to Christ, we don't have a whole lot that we have to be concerned about. 
We just keep taking it back to the plumb line. We just take it back to Christ. We just talk to the Holy Spirit. Okay? The Messiah, the anointed one, being in readiness to punish every insubordinate for his disobedience when your own submission and obedience as a church are fully secured and complete. Okay, three more. Are y'all hanging in here with me today? Weymouth. For though we are still living in the world, it is no worldly warfare we are waging. See, we need to recognize that. You're not in this alone. You're not in this alone. It's not a worldly fight. They've already lost. Anything that's coming against the word of God in your life, is there something in your life that doesn't line up with the word of God? Is there any type of demonic attack? Sickness is never of, of God. Lack is never of God. Okay, if you are suffering attacks, okay, there is a spiritual warfare going on. And guess what? You're the conqueror. Greater is he who is in me than he who is in the world when I rely on him. The weapons with which we fight are not human weapons, but are mighty for God in overthrowing strong fortresses. For we overthrow arrogant reckonings. How many of you here in our society today arrogant reckonings? Arrogant account, a reckoning is an account of things. The, the NASB there says, all arrogance raised against the knowledge of God. All arrogance raised against the knowledge of God. So if it is raised in opposite of this truth, it is an arrogant reckoning. All arrogance raised against the knowledge of God, that would be prideful, idolatrous, um, you know, not meant to stand, in other words. And every stronghold, this is, I, I am very captured by this phrase, and every stronghold that towers high in defiance. Lucifer tried to tower high in defiance and he lost big time. Expect the same thing when a demonic attack comes that tries to tower high and defiant, defiantly in your imagination or in your life trying to uh, displace the truth of God. If you stand on the word, if you stay on the rock, if you pray and worship and stay with the Holy Spirit, read the word, commune with your Father, that thing that tries to tower high in defiance has no chance. And when you win the victory, you are going to be the testimony of Christ. I said you are going to be the testimony of Christ to someone else who needs that experience that you have gone through in your life. That's how we win. And we do win. Uh, towers high in defiance of the knowledge of God, and we carry off every thought as if into slavery. You are not the slaves. The evil one. His thoughts. We carry off into slavery. Imprison them. Into subjection to Christ. I subject you in the name of Jesus to my anointed Christ my deliverer, my Lord, my Savior, and you have nothing to say about it. I will not receive that thought because it counters the truth of the word of God in my life. 
subjection. It means to subdue it. It means to vanquish it. It means to bring it under total dominion. You have a Christ who has brought every evil force into to- under his total dominion. And he's given you the authority to do the same thing. While we hold ourselves in readiness to punish every act of disobedience. Okay. Darby, for walking in flesh, we do not war according to flesh. This is the reason I chose this scripture, this translation. For the arms of our warfare are not fleshly. Why are the arms of your warfare not fleshly? Because you are the arm of God. You are the arm of God. Your arms are not fleshly. But powerful, according to God, to the overthrow of strongholds. You overthrow them. You topple them. You destroy them. Overthrowing reasonings and every high thing that lifts itself up against the knowledge of God and leading captive every thought into the obedience of Christ. And having in readiness to avenge all disobedience. Okay, I do not read this as a gospel of tolerance. I don't read it that way at all. And just let me say right here, tolerance is not the same as love. You are intolerant of evil, but you spread the love of God. I'll get more into that maybe later. But tolerance is very different than love. So if you are intolerant of evil, you are actually being loving. Get that? If you are intolerant of evil you are actually walking in the love of God towards someone. Okay, last one, Phillips. I still have a lot to go, but this is the last time I'm going to read this particular scripture. Phillips, and the Lord showed me something in this one that I really, 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 really like. The truth is that, although, of course, we lead normal human lives, this is, this is so exciting, you're going to love this, you're just going to like, think, oh, this is so awesome. (laughs) Because that's how we often think of ourselves, as leading normal human lives, right? You go through a normal human life, and you want the Lord to come and help you, and and you want to do what he wants you to do, and anyway. We lead normal human lives. The battle we are fighting is on the spiritual level. And when I was reading this, what I found to be so interesting is it says here that we are leading normal human lives, and yet we are fighting a spiritual battle. So it is the normal human life thing to actually be fighting the spiritual battle for God. That is the new norm. That is his norm. Are you getting what I'm saying? It's just like Jesus. You know, he came as a human. He came as a man. Now, we don't look at him, and we, don't, we, we, don't, we look at him, and we don't say, well, he wasn't normal. Well, you know what? He did have to live a human life empowered by the Holy Spirit, and the normal was to fight the fight with the Holy Spirit power of God. That's the normal. That's your normal. Are you getting what I'm saying? That is your normal human life. Here on this earth is to fight with the fight of the Holy Spirit indwelling you, listening to the Lord, hearing from the Lord. That is the normal. I think I'm way more excited about that than you are. That's explosive to me. Because if I feel like I'm just some normal human being, I look at it and I see that God's normal is him in me exploding on the scene with spirit weapons of divine power. (laughs) 
The very weapons we use are not those of human warfare, but powerful in God's warfare. So as a normal course in life, we fight God's warfare. Just as our normal human existence, normal human people as believers in God, in Jesus. But powerful in God's warfare. So this is his warfare. For the destruction of enemy strongholds, our battle is to bring down, bring down, bring down every deceptive fantasy. Have any of you heard any deceptive fantasies out there? I don't need to list them all, do I? And every imposing defense. So a defense that is improperly trying to impose itself on you. That men erect. That men make up. against the true knowledge of God. We even fight to, listen to this, this is awesome, capture every thought until it acknowledges the authority of Christ. Every thought until it acknowledges the authority of Christ. Is sickness trying to, I will not accept that. You will acknowledge the authority of Christ in my life. Lack. You will acknowledge the authority of Christ in my life. You will acknowledge the word. Once we are sure of your obedience, listen to this, we shall not shrink from dealing with those who refuse to obey. So in this battle, we will not shrink back from dealing with those who refuse to obey. So every deceptive thought has to change. It will be forced to acknowledge Christ's anointing in my life. And I will not be ashamed of that. I will not shrink back from that. It is time to be forceful. It is time to stand in authority. It is time to know who your Savior is and what he has said and what he has done and what he has finished for you. So, to me, this does not sound like the passive rollover and play dead church. Doesn't sound like that at all to me. It sounds to me like a church that inflicts death through the power of God upon every demonic force. That's what it sounds like to me. This does not sound like any bit of tolerance to me. It does sound like love to me because even the scripture says that the Lord disciplines those he loves. Why does he discipline those he loves? Because he knows in their discipline and obedience the blessing comes. That he has so much more for them than what wanting to walk in the flesh will give, ever. Okay? So, to me, this is, and this, to me, is a doctrine of enforcement of the truth in God's love, of course, and it is punishment, punishment of every lie or deceptive ideology that would exalt itself or set it up set itself up against this word. We are not to be standing by allowing deceptive ideologies to be forced down our throats. And this is a very loving doctrine because those who, and you know, those who espouse evil they want you to think that when you are being intolerant, you are being unloving. That's a warped perception that tolerance and love are the same. They're not. They're, they're not even close. Love is obedience to the Lord. 
our love for him. He loves us all the time, no matter what. So it's very interesting that this particular scripture, in every one of these translations, says that we are meant to punish. It says we're meant to punish, we should be ready to punish, we should execute punishment. And I'm not a punishment type person, okay? So, you know, if you're here for the first time today, you need to come back because, because I'm not typically... Y'all who know me understand me, right? But this is scripture. You are not meant to tolerate in any way, shape, or form doctrines of deception. It says that we are supposed to execute punishment. It says we to our avenge. It says we are not to shrink back from dealing with every disobedience. It says we are are to... uh, punish every insubordinate for his or her disobedience? Okay? So this is not an I'm okay, you're okay scripture. This is not an, you know, oh, don't worry about it, just do whatever you want and everything's going to turn out fine. You preach that to someone, you're preaching death to them. The scripture tells us in Psalms, if you see someone being led away to death and you do nothing about it, their blood will be on your hands. I don't want anybody's blood on my hands. I want to speak the truth in love at all times. Okay? Sorry I'm being so stern with you, but it's a good thing. Because this is, the, this is what equips you to deal with the end times violence that we are seeing. We're not gonna, I'm not going to whitewash the issue. You know, we can't just call everything even all the time. The reason we're in the situation we're in is because the church failed to stand up in the love of God. And you better start doing it now and not being ashamed of doing it. The scripture makes it very clear that believers in dealing with the world, and that would be any arrogance or lofty thought, any destructive purpose, any ill-conceived plan, any demonic fortress, any stronghold, any deceptive practice that's carried out against the word of God, any, um, anything against the truth of the word, that we are meant to punish it. The Holy Spirit does that work. But the ecclesia is meant, as a church, we have a mission to punish disobedience and not tolerate deception against the word. Don't join forces with the devil and say, I wonder why this happened. Our tools are not in our own strength. You will never fight the devil in your own strength. It is very clear that it's in the power of God. Don't ever think that when you pray the word that it is ineffective. It is the power of God. The word is the power of God unto salvation. Salvation eternally, salvation in the here and now. The word translated to, as punish, I wanted, I wanted to read these to you. In the Greek, it's ektikeo, punish, ektikeo. And it means to vindicate, to avenge. The usage is I give justice for or over, I defend I avenge, I vindicate. That's what it means. It means to dispense justice. It means carrying a judgment completely through. Don't give up halfway through the fight. It means with all, and all that is appropriate to it. There is a feminine form, etichesis, or etichesis, I don't don't know which. It means out from and to. Remember how we studied that? Oh, that was in healings, in healings. We studied that. Out from and into. He takes us out from but places us into safety. Um, so properly, this word, you guys are going to love this. This is so powerful. It says, so properly it means, listen, judgment which fully executes the core values and standards of the particular judge. Who's our particular judge? 
God the Father. Extending from the inner person of the judge, that's our Father, the inner person of the judge, to its outcome. What is his outcome? He will vindicate us from every evil work. He has made us conquerors through Christ. Man, I love that definition. Judgment which fully executes the core values of the particular judge extending from the inner person of the judge, that's our Father, who is all good, all love, all purity, all the time, to its outcome. And our judge is God, and the truth and the standards of his word are our core values. Do not let anyone move you off the core values of the scripture. Clearly, clearly, we have been given authority and power and the tools necessary. The Holy Spirit as our great inner witness, the word of God as our truth, our battle plan. The Holy Spirit as our counselor, our advocate, our lawyer, executing judgment He executes and he demands to be established the core values of God. Not the core values of a deceived world. They're different. Very, very different. The word is our plumb line and it is the sentence to be imposed. And you have every right to impose it. It is our responsibility. It is our right. It is our privilege. It is our battle plan. You are called to engage in this world. War. Not world. War. You are not meant to go idling, floating down the stream of present ideology. All right. It is the demand of God if we are to live unashamed and not shrinking back from the gospel of Christ, which brings us the peace of God in our lives. So anyway, when I finished this, these thoughts that the Lord was giving me on this particular message. And I was all done. Then yesterday, he spoke to my heart, and I, I wrote down what he spoke to my heart, and I want you to listen intently as I read it. I'm going to read it, sorry. You are the Davids with the single sure shot that hits its mark in the enemy camp. You are the Esters that have been born for such a time as this, that stop the genocide of truth and of faith. You are the Daniels in the midst of the lion's den whose faith gives them strength and peace and whose God delivers them from the hand of the enemy. You are the Pauls who refuse to relent to the onslaught and the persecution against the word of God, and who demolish wicked councils, who cannot be held by prison, in, in prison by shackles and chains of evil and deception. You are delivered from hell's attempt to imprison you. Take that deliverance right now, right here, today. You are delivered from hell's attempt to imprison you. You are the Johns 
who walk in revelation of the love of God stronger than any force on this earth. The strongest force in the spirit realm. And your light shatters the darkness even of death. The boiling pot of oil is as nothing to you. You are the Peters, whose shadow brings healing and life. You are the Annas, who see the revelation of the salvation of the world and spread its awareness and wisdom. You are the Marys, who say, be it unto me according to your word. You are the Nehemiahs who build the wall with one hand and wield the sword with the other. You are the Joshuas who take the land. You are the Elijahs who confront the false prophets of Baal and throw them to their death. You hear the sound of a mighty rain ahead of time and you call it down to earth from heaven. You are the Marys. I know I said this, but I didn't finish it. You are the Marys who say, be it unto me according to your word. And you see the fruition of your stand. You are the Ecclesia to whom I have given the keys of the kingdom and the gates of hell shall not prevail against you. You are the arrows in my quiver of righteousness and judgment and truth. So that's what he told me. And that's for you. And you should rejoice in that. Because that's how he sees you. That's what he has put you on this earth to be. That's who he says you are. That's who you are. All right. So we're going to take our tithes and our offerings and we're going to take communion. Anyone who doesn't, we, we have open communion here. 